It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 84, David and the Spirit of Honor, Part 2. When we read the Gospels of Jesus, we are always amazed at the miracles of Jesus, of the cleansing of the lepers and the man with the withered arm, the casting out of demons and the raising from the dead. What about the creation of or multiplication of bread, or the changing of physical properties of things like water into wine? How about walking on water? What about the transportation of things in the Spirit? Some suggest Jesus moved a boat in John chapter 6, verse 21. After he walked on water, the disciples took him into their boat, and it states, immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. Did Jesus transport their boat across the sea in the Spirit? Maybe. We do know for sure in Acts 8, Philip the Evangelist was transported in the Spirit to another part of Israel after ministering to the Ethiopian eunuch. Here's another one. We know for sure Jesus walked through walls in John 20:19. Then maybe it helps to explain how Jesus was about to be stoned in Nazareth. They took him to a cliff edge in Luke 4, and all of a sudden, he walked away from them. Also in John 8, the Jews were about to stone Jesus, and it said he hid himself. Maybe there is something more to these scenes. We say all this to set the scene of this episode. The God above time and space has the ability to walk through walls and appear visible at times and invisible at others. It's a materialization from the spirit realm to the physical realm, or possibly the reverse. God can and does this to reveal himself to his believers. After all, what is a miracle? except a supernatural intervention of the natural. In the case of this scene, God came upon David's enemies and put them into a deep, heavy sleep, and possibly made David and his companion, Abishai, invisible and impossibly quiet as well. So we don't limit the actions of God to just healing and miracles and salvations because he's capable of blinding armies destroying enemy camps and an entire armies, or just putting them to sleep, like this episode. God is sovereign, and he can defeat his enemies in any number of ways. Alright, enough of the intro. Here's the episode. For a moment, David is living at peace in Israel, but he seems to be having trouble with the sub-tribe inside Judah. It's the Ziphites, and they're constantly inciting Saul to come and deal with David, and it has to be really nasty for David writes this psalm, Psalm 54. For the director of music with stringed instruments, a mascal of David, when the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding among us? Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might, 
Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words in my mouth. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. People without regard for God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me, and your faithfulness destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, Lord, for it is good. You have delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. Well, the Ziphites persuaded Saul to attack David again. 1 Samuel 26 The Ziphites went to Saul at Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding on the hill of Achilah, which faces Jeshimon? So Saul went down to the desert of Sith with his 3,000 select Israelite troops to search there for David. Saul made his camp besides the road on the hill of Achilah, facing Jeshimon, but David stayed in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul had followed him there, he sent out scouts and learned that Saul had definitely arrived. So Saul must have done a forced march, because it appears David was halfway surprised to see Saul so close to his camp. David learns that Saul was not far from him. This must have unnerved David and caused some anxiety among his men. Wasn't Saul going to leave David alone? They must have thought. Well, David, being David, wasn't unnerved enough to prevent action, for he decides to sneak up on Saul's camp, which he does. 1 Samuel 26, 5 Then David set out and went to the place where Saul had camped. He saw where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of the army, had laid down. Saul was laying inside the camp with his army encamped around him. David then asked Ahimelech the Hittite, and Abishai, son of Zeruah, Joab's brother, who will go into the camp with me, to Saul. I'll go with you, said Abishai. So it appears David snuck up on Saul's army with just a small force, and it appears at one moment he was peering over a hill upon Saul's camp, possibly at night, with Ahimelech, the Hittite, to his left, and Abishai to his right. He asked the men, who will go with me? Ahimelech didn't answer, but Abishai gladly went with David into the lion's den of Saul's camp. So this is interesting. We don't know anything about Ahimelech. This is his only appearance in the Bible. He didn't answer David's call. Abishai did, and he went on to be a leader of the mighty men and was known for generations for his bravery and action. Isn't this a crazy revelation? One man disappeared to history and another's actions were so famous that they were recorded in the Bible for eternity. Reminds me of Ruth and Naomi, and Ruth's sister. What's what's her name? Oh yeah, Orpah. Well, that's the point. Ruth followed Naomi into blessing, and Orpah into obscurity and infamy, according to Jewish traditionalists. Ruth walked into the line of David. Ahimelech, obscurity. Abishai, fame on the fields of battle. What would you do? What decision would you take today if you were called into battle for the Lord? A failure of action that leads to obscurity or a quick response to God's calling? The yes of God that leads to heavenly glory? What a picture of the value of saying yes to God. Well, Abishai follows David on a stealth mission, literally. 1 Samuel 26, 7 so David and Abishai went to the camp by night, and there was Saul laying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying around him. 
Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, The Lord himself will strike him, or his time will come, and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water jug that are near his head, and let's go. So David took the spear and water jug near Saul's head, and they left. No one saw or knew it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. All right, so let's park here. David and Abishai sneak into Saul's camp. Saul's men are in a deep, dead sleep, almost, caused by the Lord. They sneak into the camp and have an argument and steal a loud water jug. Not what I would steal, or the king's spear, which had to be pulled out of the ground with some noise. Saul's men, 3,000 of them, do not budge. This had to be a miracle, for none of them were awake at all. After they seize the water jug and spear, David goes to the other side of a ravine and calls out to Saul and banters first with Abner, David's commander. 1 Samuel 26:13. Then David crossed over the other side and stood on top of the hill some distance away, and there was a wide space between them. He called out to the army and to Abner, son of Ner, Are you going to answer me, Abner? Abner replied, Who are you? Who calls to the king? David said, You are a man, aren't you? And who is like you in Israel? Why did you guard your lord the king? Someone came to destroy your lord the king. What you have done is not good. As surely as the Lord lives, you and your men must die, because you did not guard your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around you. Where are the king's spear and water jug that were near his head? Funny how David toys with Abner, Saul's commander. Abner doesn't answer, probably because of the shock that a professional soldier slept through it all. But Saul answers. 1 Samuel 26:17. Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that your voice, David, my son? David replied, Yes, it is, my lord, the king. And he added, Why is my lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? What wrong am I guilty of? Now, let my lord the king listen to his servant's words. If the lord has incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. If, however, people have done it, may they be cursed before the lord. They have driven me today for my share in the lord's inheritance and have said, Go and serve other gods. Now do not let my blood fall to the ground far from the presence of the lord. The king of Israel has come out to look for a flea, as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son, because you consider my life precious today. I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. Here is the king's spear, David answered. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I value your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all trouble. Then the Lord said to David, May you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely triumph. So David went on his way, and Saul returned home. So Saul's response is very similar to the last time. His heart sinks, and his response is submissive and blessing towards David. To conclude this episode of Message to Kings, 
Let's stay with the Marshall theme and talk about the technology of stealth. The United States has many stealth aircraft programs. Just one of them, the latest Joint Strike Fighter, tagged the F-35, is a $400 billion program of development and design and operations. This new fighter program will probably not be complete for many years, but its goal is to provide a technological edge over America's enemies. $400 billion is such a staggering amount of money, and I can only imagine that thousands that are employed in their eventual production and the sheer breakdown of where $400 billion comes from, and this is only a fraction of the money spent on stealth technology in the military. Yet over 3,000 years ago, it cost David and Abishai absolutely nothing but courage and faith to be invisible to an entire enemy army. God's arsenal is unlimited. What a technological edge God has to make one invisible. Check out the words of Matthew Henry regarding this section of Scripture. How helpless do Saul and all his forces lie, all in effect disarmed and chained, and yet nothing is done to them. They are only rocked to sleep. How easily can God weaken the strongest, befool the wisest, and baffle the most watchful? Let all his friends therefore trust in him, and all his enemies fear him. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Message to Kings. Stay tuned next week as we discuss David and the concept of fear as he flees Israel and moves his entire army and their families to Philistia. Feel free to visit the Facebook page and leave a comment or question, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.